I'd become a deadly, determined, bless-her-heart kind of southern belle. A cracked belle, you could say. Grieving can take over a person's life like a sinister charm, inspiring good causes and noble dedication at the expense of true healing. It's possible to both pity and fear a mourner who's gone just a little bit funny and more than a little bit dangerous. I qualified on both counts. In the South, the dreaded BHH is attached to your name with admiring sympathy but also a dollop of fear. You are no longer a dependably entertaining person and may even stoop to becoming an embarrassment. Be afraid, Delonigans whispered. Be very afraid. Bless her heart. Two years ago, Harp, an agent for the Georgia Bureau of Investigation, tracked down a killer the media had dubbed the Turnkey Bomber. After months of cat-and-mouse games through the mountains of Georgia, Tennessee, and the Carolinas, Harp and the serial-killing psychopath faced off on the roof of one of the largest hospitals in Atlanta. And there, on a hot summer morning when the sun rose over the city like an orange eye, my husband stopped the crazy bastard from exploding a bomb that would have killed a lot of people. Harp took six bullets to the chest before he sank a hunting knife into the turnkey's throat. His police methods had never followed the rules. Neither did his death. The only rules he ever believed in were the ones I imposed on him out of love. Helicopter cameramen from CNN's Atlanta headquarters and the local TV stations broadcast the death fight with the bomber as it happened, and so the whole world watched Harp sacrifice his own life to save the hospital. I watched, too, in horror, from my hostess chair on the set of a silly morning talk show called Atlanta AM. My husband had been a loner and a damaged soul and an idealist and a cynic and a lover and my best friend since we were kids. I got to the emergency room only in time to cry my heart out and whisper, It's all right. Don't be afraid of the dark. I'll always be there with you. Before he took his last breath. I had been there in that darkness, fighting to keep a light burning for him ever since. So on a cool May morning, while Stone Santerra cruised up the mountain interstate in his limousine, I planned my ambush. Santerra and his people were scheduled to start on-location filming from an old campground Santerra Films had leased as a base of operations. I intended to block Stone's way with the one material he respected. Stone. Stand back. I'm dropping the whole load on the count of five. I called out the dump truck's window. My grandmother, Helen, known to her three children and ten grandchildren, not as grandmother, grandma or granny, but as the elegant and indomitable G. Helen, tucked her pearls inside her cashmere-trimmed denim jacket, fluffed graying auburn hair, then motioned to Harp's teenage niece, Micah Dulane. Five means four and a promise to your impatient Aunt Grace, G. Helen warned the sixteen-year-old. Micah nodded. Let's boogie. My tall, elegant, Irish-pale grandmother sashayed briskly alongside the short, cute, mocha-skin Micah, whose idea of fashion was an army jacket covered in computer game logos. When she and G. Helen reached the side of the steep road, Micah called back, 
Aunt Grace, maybe you should wait while I do some calculations to estimate the area of spillage based on the tonnage and the maximum angle of the dump truck's bed. She reached inside the army jacket for her palm pilot. Aim for the center line and let her rip, G. Helen called. Then to Micah, sweetie pie, sometimes we just have to dump our load and get the hell out of the way. I pulled the lever. The truck's bed upended and gray dust gushed out as tons of silver-gray gravel spilled onto the asphalt. When I finished, a small mountain of rocks blocked both lanes of the only paved road that led to Stone Centera's mountain production headquarters. The road's grassy shoulders dropped immediately into deep gulches filled with boulders and laurel. Stone Centera wouldn't be able to reach his luxury house trailer or his Quonset hut film editing lab or his picnic pavilion turned personal